What's up, guys? This is Chuck Pavoni, also known as Chucky Comics, coming to you from C2E2. You're listening to Superhero Slate. Peace. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And buy your Avengers tickets now. Get them. <laughs> Imagine that red uh, emoji siren just, like, between both of your heads. Yeah. You know, just wee wee wee. You gotta get them now. If you don't get them now, you ain't watching until, like, at least May. <laughs> Not, and you're gonna need, like, 9,000. You're gonna need, like, nine grand if you're in New York and you want that 6 p.m. showing. But we'll talk about that mm-hmm. <laughs> in a bit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> CinemaCon was this week, and then they're giving us a look at the remaining Fox films for this year. The one convention that... I always forget exists, but always delivers, like, actually very good news. It's got the most generic name, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like some sort of, like, was it Brazil Comic Con was some sort of, like, CCXP or something like that? Yeah, CinemaCon seems like a, a front for, like, a mafia or something. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> the Joker is definitely a movie. Mm-hmm. And more. And more. Um, Shazam came out this weekend. Uh, we have two reviews uh, up on our feed. So if you had a chance you are to check jumping that out, the show notes by a long <laughs> shot, but thank you. Well, well, Shazam is like later down yeah. in there, so I just wanted to let people know at the top of the show that yes, we do have that. It's in our feed. You got to be subscribed if you want to see that, though. So you can listen to a bunch of nerds yep. leave a convention and then do a roundtable discussion of Shazam, or you, you can kind of listen to the classic uh, review also. Have you listened to that yet? I haven't got around to listening yet, but uh, I, I thought like Shazam Fever might be coming up uh, this weekend with it coming out, but I haven't seen a whole lot of it uh, on Twitter, so maybe the word of mouth is still growing on the film. I have not seen anyone um, say they went and saw it this weekend. There's something else they went people were going to watch this weekend, and I don't remember what else came out in, in theaters, but they um, they definitely didn't go see that, that's for sure. I did have an anecdote about how some people are getting tickets to see Captain Marvel instead of Shazam on accident. But that only <laughs> happens to comic book readers. Because yeah, a normal I, I, person would never confuse yeah, the two. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine just, like, somebody who's just been, like, locked in their home, just, like, feverishly, like, reading through the backlog of both of these characters, and their minds are just, like, a mess of soup, and then they just, like, barely able to walk up to the movie theater in, like, a daze, and they're just like, oh, Captain Marvel, Shazam, I don't understand. Like, this is, like, a point zero zero one percent problem, I think. Yeah, it's uh, a non-existent problem, that's for <laughs> sure. That's for sure. What have you been up to this weekend, Mike? You wrote a, some words in this notes about you and be doing. It. I don't understand what they mean, so you got to tell me what this is. <laughs> well, I can. Uh, I got like three quick updates. Uh, uh, my weekly Sekiro update, while that's still in the zeitgeist, I'm slowly making progress. I have kind of uh, passed the barrier of just uh, unbeatable to uh, just extremely difficult. So now I'm actually slowly making progress. Instead of taking like 50 times for me to kill a mini boss, it just takes like 20 times. So I'm improving, but it's crazy how dense this game is with um, 
with mini bosses and full bosses like uh, with the other uh, from software games like Bloodborne like you would have like a pretty lengthy gap in between bosses and mini bosses until you found your next one but in this game it's like you just do like one little segment where you kill a couple ninjas then bam mini boss kill a couple little ninjas bam another mini boss so there's just a lot of roadblocks there but mm-hmm. it's pretty fun but uh, I also dove into a very old Hayao Miyazaki film, which I had never seen, but I own, which is a Porco Rosso, which came out in the 90s about this uh, cursed pilot. I think it's right around the time of, I think it's post-World War II, I want to say. I don't know the exact time frame this happens, but everybody's still flying prop planes. But it's this pilot that was cursed to look like a pig. But this whole kind of like fantasy is just very much in the background. We don't really know how he became a pig or how um, he or what he's supposed to do to turn back into a human. But that's not really the point. But Miyazaki films are always uh, beautiful to watch. Uh, so that was fun. Jumping in the Porco Rosso, something I've never seen before. And then um, last week after we finished recording the podcast, I went and saw the new Jordan Peele film, Us which was a really fun experience because I loved Get Out, but unfortunately I didn't see Get Out until it was streaming on HBO. So it was just me and my wife um, in front of our TV, which was still fun and still intense because uh, he makes pretty intense movies. Um, But this was extra fun because we were in an an audience full of people. So you get all the, ah, ah, or like, you know, nail biting reactions. You can hear the person next to you kind of like jump and freaking out. So uh, if you go check out a Jordan Peele movie in the future, because I'm sure he's going to be making more of these, go catch them when they're in theaters. It's extra, extra fun. So yeah, that's what, that's what I've been up to, Chris. I saw that this week as well. Did you know that? Us? Oh, yeah. sorry. I was taking a drink of my V8 yeah. Energy Sparkling Kiwi Melon. They're not paying us. Don't tell don't, don't, don't <laughs> say their name. Uh, yeah, I think I watched it like Tuesday night or something like that. My wife was yeah. out of town. And she yeah, was like, you of, can watch that without me. I'm like, all right. I don't know kind how of a, I feel about it. So. It's kind of a hard movie to talk about without throwing like the spoiler flare up yeah. in the air. So I'll just kind of keep it. There are twists. Uh, v- yeah, I'll keep it vague. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Like if you like to get out, you're going to like us. So... Uh, I, that's, I, I'm that's... not gonna. I can't agree with that. I really? Don't, I don't think. It, I don't think it's. I don't think it's as good. So uh, okay. I'm gonna, well, go, I, I'm gonna I, go the other way. I, I mean, I would slightly agree that I. I think I like Get Out better, but I still like Us. So I'm looking forward to see what he does next. I know the first episode of his um, Twilight Zone uh, CBS All Access series is free on YouTube with uh, Kumail Nanjiani, which actually we'll be talking about later in the show, which is not something I thought I'd ever say on the superhero slate. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I might have to go check that out on, on YouTube since it's free. And I'll probably never be getting CBS All Access, so this might be the only episode I watch. Yeah, the one. The one, the one and done. Yeah. Um, speaking of the shows coming up, are we close to Game of Thrones yet? Is that... Game of Thrones is next weekend. Okay. And actually, actually I wanted to shout out uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels, Screen Junkies. Uh, They have this cool video segment that they like to produce called Cram It. Whenever, like, a new, like, franchise pumps out another chapter of whatever they're making, they do a nice little compendium wrap-up of everything that you need to know. Like, they did, a, they did a cool one for, like, Predator, where, like, I've only ever seen one Predator movie, the first one. So when the, the newest one was coming out last year, they did a cool wrap-up of all the other Predators and the lore of it and everything. And that was pretty fun, kind of like, it's like a, it's like a crib note, it's like cheat sheets uh, for uh, all these movies you don't have to watch now. Uh, but they just did one for Game of Thrones, 
and you know all of their other past Kramits have been you know like 10 20 minutes long their Kramit for Game of Thrones is an hour long so I haven't watched it yet I'll probably watch it next weekend just before the the last season premieres but uh shout out to uh to all the all the people over at Screen Junkies that put those together because that is going to save me a ton of work because it's not like I have any time to go back and rewatch Game of Thrones and after a show has like taken a year break, you you gotta find a way to catch back up. You gotta like prime yourself again. So I'll probably go watch that Kramit for Game of has Thrones. Has it been almost two years though? Um, well, I mean, yeah, because they took a they took a gap year, and since the since the show only ran for seven weeks last year, yet yeah, I mean, yeah, it's close. To, it would be close to like two years. Yeah. Um, I mean, give or take a couple months. So, yeah, it's been out of people's brains for a while, which is always risky. But you could only do it with a show like Game of Thrones, like something that big. So, yeah, we'll be uh, – we probably won't talk about it a whole lot on the show. We obviously won't spoil anything for anybody. But after Game of Thrones is off the air, there's really not going to be a whole lot of um, – uh, what do they call that? Uh, scheduled viewing? Um, well, she'll, uh, she'll be out May 10th. Yeah, but it, it's it's not the same type of on the level of Game of Thrones, you know. Mm. People aren't, like, trying to rush to get to that to avoid spoilers and stuff. But Game of Thrones could be the last of its kind, you know. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Breaking Bad, you know. Um, everybody had to watch it on the night that it came out, talk about it the next day at work. So uh, who knows uh, who's going to be the next... Uh, Who's going to be the next network or streaming service that's going to get the next kind of uh, appoint, appointment viewing? That's what they call it. Yeah, that doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, so, yeah, in uh, six weeks, uh, we'll be all done with Game of Thrones. Mm, seven weeks, because it starts well, next week. Oh, Chris, you and your particulars. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Because it's it's the week of weeks, Mike. This is the thing we've been waiting for for a very long time. Mm-hmm. The Avengers in-game tickets finally went on sale. Wow. And boy, did they go on sale! <laughs> what a what a cluster f! Uh, you you were lucky for uh, the time zone that you live in because you were awake when they went on sale. Uh, it was like four thirty in the morning when they went on sale for me. So all of the websites had already crashed. All of the seats were already sold by the time that I woke up at a decent hour to get out of my apartment to head to the office. So I was I was kind of screwed, but uh, I I was able to finagle myself some tickets that you know I wouldn't have preferred, but it's definitely better than nothing. Yeah, so I woke up uh, you know standard time, and I, I'm like you know I'm gonna just check the website 8:40 in the morning mm-hmm. or 7:40 before the eight o'clock launch. Lo and behold, they were on sale early. Mm-hmm. So I was was able- the website still functional when you oh, found it? <laughs> there only two people bought their tickets by the time I got there because most people uh-huh. they hadn't done any announcements yet. No one had really tweeted oh, or done anything. So I was like on the ball. So I was able to buy four tickets in and out really quickly for opening day mm-hmm. uh, IMAX at 6 p.m. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to want to see this twice. So by the time I talked to you guys and came back later, almost all of Saturday was gone. Uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, gone. So I'm going for Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to see it in the uh, the 3D version of it to to get a little variety. Not the IMAX 3D, just a regular mm-hmm. 3D. So. Yeah, I, uh, I very much wanted to see this in 2D. That's how I want to see all of my movies to start. But the only showing that had decent seats available were in 3D, which goes to show you at least the appetite for the people that visit my theater want 2D tickets. So I don't think 3D uh, viewings are as popular maybe as they used to be. 
uh, or maybe they just are going to always have them anyway because it always makes them a little extra moolah. Uh, so unfortunately, I had to go 3D, so I went out of my way to go on Amazon to buy conversion glasses that turn a 3D movie to 2D because even though I could indeed have some enjoyment out of a 3D movie, if this is movie's three hours long. I would not be able to drive my car home after a 3D movie for three hours. So it'll be nice to be able to switch back and forth between two glasses and just give my eyes a freaking break. So, But I wasn't about to not see this on Thursday night. So, But man, the website, I, I mean, I'm lucky I'm not somebody that buys all of my tickets off Fandango. Like our friend of the show, Quentin Parker, who tried to get his tickets on the Fandango app and was greeted with a screen that said, oh, you are now in line to get your tickets. It'll be an hour wait, which was just in, insane. I couldn't believe that that was happening just on like an, like an internet service. Like you people should have had your servers ready. It's not like this is the first time this has ever happened to you. Don't you remember Star Wars Episode Seven? Like you've had all of this experience before. Like make sure you have your servers ready. They were not ready, so that was frustrating. But luckily theater I go to as a Cinemark theater, a little bit more off the beaten trail. So I just went directly to their website, which was slogging. Like everything technically worked, but every page click I made took like literally four or five minutes to load to the next page. But luckily it was functional and it was working. So I was able to snag the tickets that I needed. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be a week or two until I can get like legitimate like IMAX tickets you know, out here in this, in this town. So I will eventually see it in the big glorious uh, IMAX screen so I can see all the Avengers that I'm, that I need to, but yeah, I'm glad I got my tickets, but man, what craziness. (laughs) Uh Yeah. So it's to the point that some people are reselling their tickets online Uh for 5,000 plus up to Mm $10,000. Why? (laughs) Why? Just wait. I mean, I get yeah. you want to see it firsthand, but, like, anyone who wants to see it firsthand would have got in there and, and kind of done that, I guess. You yeah, know? Like, I, I saw one that was going I, – I, the most expensive tickets seemed to be coming out of, like, New York City. Uh, so I'm guessing all of their theaters filled up really quick. And they were going for, like, $9,000, and they had, like, one bid on them. So I don't know if that was a real bid or what was going on there, but, like, you people are insane. Like, I would – if I was worried about spoilers and for some reason I couldn't see it, that opening night, I would just go on a social media blackout on Thursday night, like do my best to like, you know, take off the next day of work, you know, just clear my Friday and just go like Friday morning or something like that, like 9am, you know, uh-huh. so that would be my plan, not spend $9,000 on tickets. Yeah. And, and someone was like, oh, I want to wait till the, the, I don't know, someone was telling me they want to wait till the evening to miss all the kids, but I'm like, the opening day, people are not like the people who are buying the tickets for opening day. The Thursday nights, the Thursday afternoons are going to be the biggest fans to be around. So uh-huh. I'm very excited for that. My theater sold out. I went ahead and just looked. Uh, they have some handicapped accessible seating. I think three seats, and that's all they have left in it. And I'm like, all right, that's that's going to be that's going to be a good thing here. Yeah, but- my theater my theater only has uh, that we go to has uh, eight theaters inside of it. And every single theater is playing Endgame on Thursday night because once, obviously, all of the, like, four theaters that they booked for it sold out, I checked, like, later in that afternoon that day, and they put all of their other theaters up for Endgame, too. So, I mean, 
I think this movie legitimately could be the first film in a while that could make a run for Avatar's record of highest grossing film of all time. I mean, it has all of the components there. It has the crazy madness of going for the tickets. Obviously, the stakes of what is narratively in the film is there. So it just, it's just, is it gonna, is it gonna work? Is it all gonna come together? It'll be close for sure, uh, but. You know, Avatar sold itself on like a unique experience. Avengers is kind of selling itself on like a unique narrative that's never been told before over 10 years and like 20 movies finally culminating. And also it's got the juice of being like, you know, for all intents and purposes, everybody kind of knows it's like a part two. You know, everyone wants to see what the conclusion of Thanos is in this movie. So it's got it's got all the components. It's got all the it's got all the good juices. So yeah, I'm really going to be keeping a close eye on that box office report. I don't think you're going to have to. I think they're going to be shoving it in your face the <laughs> way through. Yeah. Like, that's not going to be something you have to dig down and find. Like, they're going to be like, guess what records we just broke. Yeah, they're going to composite a screenshot of box office mojo in the movie. Like, if you go see this movie on Monday, they'll they'll ship a new uh, cut of the film where, like, Tony Stark's on his computer in his spaceship, yeah. and he scrolls past box office mojo. Well, what if, what if that becomes some, I mean, this is entirely off topic, Mike, but what if they start mm-hmm. releasing dynamic video content? Like, you're watching a movie and something can change in it. I mean, if we're, if we're having stuff like Bandersnatch on Netflix, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some sort of streaming service was going to have, like, you know, dynamic content. I mean, I mean well, that seems like a logical next step. Streaming service is easy, but I'm also thinking, like, theatrical. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, they're referencing a day or something like that. Or, I don't know, something that's always changing everything, but it's not like they have to reship a whole f- cut of the film. They've... They've made it so that the, only that scene is the section that's recut. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I would hmm. like to see that. But anyway, in that regard, this uh, I think what Endgame did in four hours, it broke the 24-hour record of tickets sold. Like, uh-huh. it, 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 it broke records and it broke websites, Mike. So <laughs> yes, hopefully people true. have been able to get their tickets, you know, reasonably. And, and I, I can't believe not even Infinity War had this kind of... I guess. Uh, yeah, this is, this, this is just insane. I saw that just recently they had some sort of like uh, press conference about the movie or, you know, they got some sort of group official people together and they had a bunch of seats in the audience that were left empty for like the fallen heroes. So like even like the PR is like all in on this idea that these that these heroes are dead and they're going to need to be avenged. So, uh, man, this is going to be crazy. I can't I can't believe this movie is just a few weeks away. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, in-game set new tickets pre-sale record. It is um, reported. Oh, it beat in six hours. It passed the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, Star Wars, Story, and Infinity Wars entirely Ooh. first day ticket sales. It's making a run at it. I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine. We should. We should like before the movie comes out. We should place bets like dollar amounts. Well, you know what it's going to do on opening weekend, just to see, just to see if we can even even predict it. You know. Well, I, I'd say even for do you use? Have you ever used Adam tickets? Um, no, I haven't. I've used it like twice because I got some cheaper discounts to them. Mm-hmm. Um, at CinemaCon, they announced that in the first twenty four hours, in game sold more tickets than Aquaman, Last Jedi, Infinity War, and Solo combined. Ooh, wow. And that's four of the movies that round up. That's all the top five movies right there. So I am just, I'm just blown. Disney's going to pay for this Fox merger with one film. Yeah. 
Um, this is going to be crazy, man. I will tell you the other record it holds. It will be the longest movie uh, in a franchise. Or oh wow, at running out three uh, uh, three hours and fifty eight seconds officially. Oh, man, I know I'm going to need one or possibly two bathroom breaks during this movie. So uh, hopefully that uh, our bathroom breaks will stagger, and then we can come back and when we talk about this movie on the podcast, you can fill me in on the couple seconds I missed. I'll fill you in on the couple seconds that you missed because I know I'm going to be running to the bathroom, and I'll do my best uh, to keep my window down to seconds rather than uh, minutes. Well, but that's I, what, man, that's I'm why I'm so glad the screening to fill in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so I'm so glad that this uh, that this movie is long, which is something I don't usually say because that just means uh, there's not. Nothing. No stone is going to be left unturned. No Infinity Stone is going to be left unturned. Man, I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, this is great. This is great. This man. is very um, exciting. So the only thing that would, would hinder this movie from reaching Avatar's box office numbers is how many tickets can they sell, you know, in a day? Mm-hmm. Because you're you're you've essentially Avatar's what maybe two and a half hours or something like that. So they've got an extra half hour on them. So mm-hmm. you know every four hours they can sell another movie. But it, as fast as this is selling, I'm very excited to see where it goes. To mm. see, uh, kind of like uh, like, Rhodey, if, if does this movie have legs? <laughs> that's, that's a low blow. I, I understand, um, but um, but also they also confirmed this week because everything this weekend is the big press t- deal with Endgame. This is a rated PG thirteen movie. Finally, they've locked the cut in. There's no more changes, and it's rated PG thirteen, which is not really a surprise to me. No, yeah, no one's surprised at all. Yeah. But to announce the tickets are on sale, they've released a trailer that I will not let Mike watch. <laughs> you Mike have has already it. watched it. You have dubbed it the Forbidden Trailer. Uh, I know people want to, us to talk about it on the show, but I'm not going to watch this trailer. And uh, I do not feel bad about not watching it. But I, I'll reveal at the very least of what I think I saw in it because social media algorithms will put things in front of your face. So I think uh, I heard somebody say that they have – in this trailer, they have filled in that CGI hole out in the lawn when all the characters are looking up with the character. Uh, nope. But who, but uh, people have are are saying that it could be one person. So I don't know about that. Uh, and then I think I've seen some screenshots where uh, Captain America and uh, Iron Man are sharing the, the same frame together. So who knows if that was uh, composited or what's going on here. But I think it's safe to say that you can't really trust anything in these trailers to begin with yeah. because Kevin Feige has already said he's manipulating them. So uh, I'm glad I didn't watch it. I didn't need to watch it. Yeah. But uh, Chris told me I shouldn't, so I'm not watching it. Yeah, so as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is not- <laughs> so the other two share a lot of footage. This is mm. all new footage. Oh, and, cool. And this is going to I'm pretty sure this is all this is still very early on in the movie, Mike. Like this mm-hmm. is like, you know, first third, first act even. Um and I'm even though you saw it, I I can just imagine how upset you'd be if you did. <laughs> uh, so I watched it and I'm like, "All right, I'm like, I'm excited. I know a lot of other people watched it. They've talked to me about it. I'm it, it, it gives me some new theories that I can't pause it to you until after okay. the fact but i will tell yeah. you one there is one thing in this i i want to bring up that's not a spoiler mike i, I guarantee okay. you it's not a spoiler hawkeye has an entire sleeve tattoo on his left uh, arm now oh i think i saw that i think i saw yeah. that he had something going on there yeah so i was like well that is interesting um of all the things i could see that that was probably the most interesting. well we already knew he was very jaded so they just wanted to visually show him jaded uh, yeah <laughs> with a tattoo we, one thing that's really bugging me though since this is a trailer now that i have officially not seen 
uh, people are getting very, very good at uh, doing composites of this bizarre idea of Ant-Man going inside of Thanos <laughs> and expanding, and they're getting very, very good. They're getting very, like, high-polished models and putting stuff together. So I've seen clips of it, and I'm just like, wait, this wasn't in the trailer, was it? I really have to avoid this stuff now. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you, <coughs> thankfully, there was April Fool's this week. We forgot about that. And the, one of the oh. articles was Kevin Feige said that there is a Ant-Man cut coming that's a, it's a special edition of the movie that's the Ant-Man cut, which is not really happening. So. Just fan fulfillment in all the different ways uh, he could go inside a Thanos' butthole. Because that's what all you people are thinking about, right? You sick sons of bitches. <laughs> you can't get away from it at all. Yeah. So, But I, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, again, um, we we have this big question, Mike. The, the people who died in the first one, what is their role in this, if they have any at all? Uh, where they're going to be, and they are vi- they are not telling us anything. Like I, I even after watching an extra whole minute, I have more questions than answers. And yeah, I'm. I think my biggest question is, what does the final act of this movie look like? You know, is it going to be a big battle? Is it going to be a spectacle where everybody comes back to life? The practicality of like twenty you know, plus heroes, like all punching Thanos, just like physically doesn't work. Like you can't even get all those punches in. You know. Uh, like in the in the in the Infinity Gauntlet comic book, it's like this kind of sprawling, like other dimensional space location that they're in, and Adam War or Adam Warlock's there. People are jumping along like these weird, like floating platforms, trying to get to Thanos. So, like, I just feel like you know maybe something like that's not really going to translate the film. So I'm just kind of trying to figure out just the the just the general specifics of like, you know, how do you actually like fight this big dude in a big battle at the very end? So these are questions that obviously will be answered in the movie, but yeah, that's where my brain's at right now, but only time will tell Chris. Yeah, it it will tell. And if anyone does want to talk this trailer over with me, let me know, Mike, do I have your blessing to do a special episode on this specific trailer? If someone wants to talk to me about it. (laughs) Yeah. If you really want to, I know you don't listen to our show. And, and well, because I, I I live it. Yeah. Why do I need to listen I'm, to I'm, it? I'm, I, you didn't listen to the other Shazam review, Mike. I'm just pointing <laughs> out. Um, but uh, if anyone wants to talk about it, let me know. We will. I, I, I've Mike showed me a couple t- tips on this YouTube plugin that lets me go frame by frame. And mm-hmm. he should never have done that. Because <laughs> now I'm like living this trailer. Every, yeah, every anal- frame frame. analyzing every, uh, but, every little bit. I'm happy that it was only a 60 second trailer, though. Because that means it probably won't be... Uh, forced upon me in front of hell in front of Hellboy this coming weekend yeah. because usually theatrically they like to stick to the longer cuts. So <laughs> I think if it pops up and I see it, I might run out of the movie theater. Like, where's that guy going? <laughs> I gotta get my tickets. I didn't buy him yet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, <laughs> gonna be be wild. I uh, I don't think I think they should just keep running the first or the second trailer because they've already sold their tickets, Mike. They don't need to show us mm-hmm. anything new. Um, unless it's just the title, hey, in-game, tickets now on sale, that's it. That's the, the yeah. whole trailer. Captain Marvel is still in theaters. People, I know mm-hmm. someone who just went and saw that today, actually. Oh. Um, which, which they meant to go see this Captain Marvel and not Shazam. Uh, <laughs> and it officially passed $1 billion at the box office. Hey, Disney. there you go, Disney. Collect so, that dollar. So, um, I, I, everyone, you know, it's again, we've said it's a good movie. It's not the greatest Marvel movie, uh, but there's like, 20 films in the franchise. You know, what do you do? Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, for a female led superhero movie, Wonder Woman's still good. It didn't make this money, but, you know, uh, Captain Marvel is just raking it all in right now. Yeah. I think it's safe to say, you know, after I've sat with the movie for a little bit, uh, I would just 
safely say mid-tier. Like, if you had to separate the all these Marvel movies in the tiers, you know, bottom tier, mid-tier, top tier, I, I think it's safe to say it's in the mid-tier. And then as a caveat to say, even Marvel movies in the low tier are pretty entertaining films for the most part. You can still watch them and have a good time. So it just goes to show you the quality of the MCU in general, that even if you fall into that bottom tier, you're still doing better than a lot of other stuff that's coming out into the theater, you know? It's true. Like, I really hate The Dark World, but I know people who really enjoy The Dark World, so there's a, there's a Marvel movie for everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, like, by the pure numbers, if they keep making them, they're just factually will make a movie for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as of right now, 2019 has um, some pretty good pretty good numbers. Um, Captain Marvel's up there. We talked about Us being... It's, it's up there as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just looking at top 20, Dragon Ball Super Broly. <laughs> it's 18 this year. Wow, a, look at that. Right? It's actually above the kid who would be king, but below Shazam by a little bit. So You saw the kid that would be king, right? No, I did not see that. Oh, movie. somebody else saw it, and they said it was actually like surprisingly entertaining like it was kind of a shocking that it wasn't just kind of like just dribble kind of made for just a a younger audience so i'm surprised because to me the trailers i just wrote that movie off so as we know the cinematographer for a kid who would be king was bill pope who also did alita battle angel this year and is known for his work on the spider-man movies with sam raimi the matrix and a fan favorite, Blank Check from the early 90s. Oh, so. I love Blank Check. Yeah, the Kid That Would Be King seems like the perfect property that would drop early on a streaming service just because, you know, it's not really based on uh, anything uh, that anybody's clamoring for. So it seems like something, once it's streaming, I'll, maybe I'll give it a well, give it a watch. If Fox had two movies come out the same week, Alita Battle Angel and Kid Who Would Be King, and only one of them was really going to quote-unquote be king of the box office. So mm-hmm. it was not that one. It was Alita that weekend. Uh, but in that news, speaking of female and superhero movies, we are very, very much speculating that next May's Marvel movie will be the Black Widow solo movie. Uh-huh. And uh, David Harbour has reported to have joined the cast, which we will see this weekend in Hellboy. I love David Harbour. I want David Harbour and like Carl Urban to do a movie together. Those would just be like two like gruff dudes that I would just love to see throw down in a film. But any 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 David Harbour to be the guy who talks about doing laundry though. So it can also be a tie dad. Oh my gosh. You're still living up that last year's Super Bowl commercial, aren't you? Because it was brilliant. Uh, it's <laughs> one of those things that pops up because I use Tide. I mean, not that that commercial made me want to use Tide at all, but I'm just like, man, I really want them to do this somewhere in there. <laughs> but also on that note, uh, actress from the Mummy franchise, Rachel Wise, Vice is in talks for a key role as well in this movie. So it looks like Black Widow may be looking to hire, uh, you know, we also talked about Emma Watson, some of the mm-hmm. higher caliber actors that have not been in Marvel movies to to kick off this movie. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm expecting espionage. I'm expecting kind of like globe-trotting uh, secrecy, maybe somewhere like on par with like something like the Bourne Identity, you know, running around to different government facilities and infiltrating. But, of course, it's a Marvel movie, so I'm hoping they can find a way to sneak in some cool super-powered stuff uh-huh. that um, she has to... Because, um, you know, in a good story, you want to throw everything that you can at your hero so they persevere. And, uh, you know, I want to see her beat up somebody super powered, you know, just kind of like 
prove that she kind of deserves to be in the Avengers. Because, like, most of the time, they do a good job putting her in front of a foe that she can handle, you know, even though they might be an alien or they might be super-powered, you know, she's just crafty enough. But, you know, let's just put it down for the record that, you know, she's so good at being a spy that she's superhuman, kind of. Yeah, how how does, like, essentially her and Hawkeye, how are these two normal people on par with gods among men, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in terms of the Avengers? And she does hold her own and I don't I don't want to see a history of you know her training and her red room and that's essentially that movie what was it Red Sparrow that came out last oh last yeah year. Mm-hmm. so that I mean that would be boring as hell but I mean I I, I want to see some really good action sequences with these mm-hmm. characters so um where do these characters fit in when does the timeline fit in I don't know but I'm excited to to see it uh there was a rumor I saw that um Andre Holland from the movie Moonlight uh, it's possibly rumored to be maybe be Taskmaster as well, but that's just a rumor, and I'm not going to put that in our notes for anything. All right, but I would like to see Taskmaster. Are you familiar with him in, in the from playing Spider Man? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's what I remember him from. Uh, he was a uh, he was kind of cool. Yeah, so he has the photographic memory. As if you do a move, he has the photographic memory and reflexes to do it. Mm-hmm. exactly after watching it so that'd be a hell of a person to put up against yeah Black i mean i don't want to ruin this for everybody because it was ruined for me but i was binge watching uh the show adam ruins everything uh, uh over, over it's the, in week. the title mike i can't yeah i'm, I'm surprised you, it was ruined <laughs> and there was there was a segment where uh i i didn't know this but uh, apparently photographic memory is not a thing uh it was based on like a really flawed study where this one like this one guy uh, ran a study on a woman and then he ended up marrying her and then he ended up like I guess kind of like messing with the results to kind of like protect like this his new wife or something like that so I guess photographing memory does not exist but in a superhero world I suppose it can exist so yeah well yeah yeah there's there's a lot in this world that shouldn't have happened Mike so <laughs> thank you for ruining that yep you're welcome Marvel's Eternals uh, casting keeps coming out on this um actor you talked about this Kamel Nanjiani is reportedly mm-hmm. joining the cast as well I love this guy he is so much fun go watch his film Big Sick which I'm pretty sure is streaming for free probably on Amazon Prime maybe elsewhere uh, it's such a fun it's such a it's such a like a fun uh, movie with heart to it and Kumail is just hilarious he's a he's a stand-up comedian that has really kind of exploded recently where he's starring in that first episode of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone he's has a movie coming out this summer with Dave Batista as we all know as Drax and it looks like he might be uh, weaseling his way into the MCU I it's it's weird for me to imagine him being like a super-powered person like throwing punches just because He's just so opposite that of his personality. So I don't know. Maybe he'll be a character that's more like mind oriented or kind of like uh, well, strategic. He could even be our human window into this world. Oh yeah, maybe he's kind of like the um, uh, what's the, the what's Jane the guy's Foster name? of the Eternal? No, yeah. Or uh, I was thinking of the guy who's uh, in Ant Man too. That has like he's uh, the parole officer for Paul Rudd. What's his name? Uh, he was also in Aquaman. He was like the crazy yeah. Alex Jones skeptic yeah. type guy. Fresh, Can't fresh off the boat. Or, no. Yeah, he's also in Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I suppose he could be like the human person, like freaking out what's going yeah. on. Yeah, uh, I, I just for some reason I just imagine it was like a male Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster from Thor. World. like, oh, I, I discovered <laughs> this world of super people, and I fell in love with one of them. Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I but, love this guy. I'm so glad that he's a. Uh, 
he's getting big roles like this. So yeah. big ups to Kamel. That means they're they're working on on casting the Eternals. However, I'm gonna flip this on our head. We've predicted this being November next year, Mike, for months. Mm-hmm. The new rumor right now is Doctor Strange two is ready to go for November 2020. Well, uh, if I remember right, the first Doctor Strange was also a November film because uh, I usually remember November movies because it's right around my birthday, and I'm just like, oh, what a nice, what a nice present for me on my birthday. So, um, yeah, at least that would line up with the time uh, the last one came out. Yep. So apparently, the script is ready to roll. The director is ready to roll. They're just waiting for us to say he's not really dead for good in the <laughs> game. So yeah. Um, even if they announce, waited till Comic Con. <clears throat> Uh, San Diego, they and announced it there. That would still give them a full year and something to to get it going, uh-huh. um, which would be plenty. This Marvel movie operates on a year window at a time, so I, th- I think that's that's pretty good. Uh, which is better than what as an Aquaman for like four years in between yeah. <laughs> singles. Um, and the Eternals is probably going to be very effects heavy, so they could put that on the back burner for a little bit and and maybe pump that out in the twenty twenty. Now. I also thought this is my personal thought here. If with James Gunn back in Guardians, they're probably going to fast track that to production. Um, they may push the Eternals back a little bit longer and work on that a little while if we can get Guardians mm-hmm. out because Eternals I think was maybe to replace Guardians in terms of the cosmic side of things. For a little yeah, bit. I mean, I hope they don't. I hope nobody burns out James Gunn over there uh, because I know we kind of did that to Joss Whedon with Age of Ultron. So I know that they're going to want to get this schedule up and going. And James Gunn, he loves those characters of Guardians. He's going to want to do the fans and everybody justice and hop on that movie. But if he needs to take a break and they need to push that film, I'd be totally okay with it because uh, I want a good Suicide Squad movie, uh, a Suicide Squad reboot, I guess, with him. But I also want him to do his, uh, probably his last Guardians movie, Justice, just because, you know, not a lot of directors go on for a fourth film of their movie. Uh, There are exceptions. So I want him to kind of possibly do his last Guardians movie the way he wants it, not rushed, not burnt out. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think they would uh, if, if if he definitely needed it. But, I mean, I think he was ready to go last year. And they were like, well, we got to fire you for like six months. So <laughs> uh, go take your six month vacation now. Yeah. Here, go, go take, go take a breather for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but then unfortunately he's like, nah, I'm going to do another movie. Nah, yeah. damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tackle the impossible and tr- try to make a good DC movie out mm. of something that was absolutely terrible beforehand. So mm. good luck to him. But, um, Dr. Strange too. I'm excited. I want to see what they do. I think, you know, again, uh, we're going to see a lot of announcements, uh, a lot of flexibility maybe in those announcements after Endgame is out and rolling. Uh, mm. Because what, what's it going to say after the credits? The Avengers will return? They oh, man. Return? I love post-credit scenes. I know there are probably some film purists out there that, you know, they're probably just, you know, butthurt for some reason about that post-credit scenes exist. But I live for the post-credit scene. I love it. It's just kind of like when you finish, like, reading a comic book or something like that, and there's, like, that last panel that teases the next issue. Or, like, if you think of it more, like, in film, like, television. I love cliffhangers at the end of seasons. They just get you all excited. You know, back in the day, it used to be all summer. You were like, who did shoot Mr. Burns? I gotta know. So, uh, I love... I love post-credit scenes. So, uh, I I can't wait to see what's on the end of Endgame. I think it's not even that. I think it's also just the point, like, Marvel made a promise. It's all connected. And Mm -hmm. what is... What is... Rather than ruining your movie and trying to connect it to everything else, what is the part of the movie that connects it to the larger world? Uh-huh. The post-credit scenes. 
and and for that you know we we love having them and I, i'd love to have more i'd have like eight post-credit scenes a movie if i could <laughs> yeah that's, that's probably too many uh a show that ended on a cliffhanger speaking of those the umbrella academy season two has been ordered at netflix good i mean i think we all assumed it was going to happen they had those yeah. headlines that it was doing better than uh the number one show on the number one superhero show on tv which is the flash so the umbrella academy was able to eclipse that even for a brief amount of time when it was uh released of course they're getting a season two i'm super excited yep 10 episodes back to netflix uh, apparently the third volume um hotel oblivion i think is what it's called Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the comic book is going on right now. I've been reading some articles about it, so um, I, I expect to see a lot of the sales of these this series going up, mm-hmm. and a lot more of them coming out with the pressure to to release more stories. So um, maybe Gerard Way will uh, maybe he'll be at a Comic Con this year. Maybe we can go see him. Yeah, but like tell us tell us more. Tell us uh-huh. how, how do we get a cool umbrella? Like that's what we want. We want to join your Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yeah. That's a great that's a great cosplay idea, Mike. We just dress up as like the kids. Oh, I thought of a great cosplay after seeing us because whenever you go see uh, whenever whenever you go see a popular movie, you just always assume that, you know, this is going to be a Halloween costume this year. And you can this is no spoiler for the film us. But in the trailers, you can kind of see these creepy characters wearing these, uh, you know, orange jumpsuits. Right. And they look a lot like their other counterparts in the film. You know, they're kind of like mirrored people. You can see all that in the trailer. It's not a spoiler. So I was thinking what would be a great idea is what you do is you go to Comic-Con, you get the red jumpsuit, you get like the gold scissors, and you get the like the leather glove, the fingerless leather glove on your one hand to be one of these people from us. But then you pick like a comic book character that a lot of people cosplay as, like maybe do like Joker makeup. And then what you do is you just find another person cosplaying as Joker, and then you just kind of creepily follow them around. And so I was like, oh, that'd be so funny. I'm not going to do that because I think the costume heavily relies on a facial similarity Mm -hmm. to another cosplay since all the rest of your costume will just be a jumpsuit. And I was always the kid that went on on Halloween that didn't want makeup. I didn't want to be a makeup vampire. I didn't want any sort of makeup involved. So I would look out for that cosplay if it happens and if it exists. It was my idea. Everybody else stole it. (laughs) I I am looking forward to uh, twins, uh, fraternal twins doing that. Oh yeah, that would be a good that would be a good Halloween costume. Yeah, or or, or Comic Con if they're both into yeah. that. That that's the perfect yeah. way to do it right there. Uh-huh. I didn't see a lot of Umbrella Academy people dressed up at Comic uh, at C two E two though. So they they really love to dress up as Klaus with the clear. Yeah, umbrella. I saw. I I did see a lot of Klaus. He's pretty easy to do because you just wear a casual tank top. You write. Uh, uh, what what is he Hello, write goodbye. on his palm? Hello, goodbye. Write that on your palm. Just make sure you got some disheveled hair and you got a Klaus. Yeah, and, and the, the the clear umbrella, the clear dome umbrella. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Cinemacom's this week as well, mm-hmm. and uh, we're very excited for Cinemacon because Disney did confirm uh, some of its, its movie panel. Like, I, I wish I, I need to pull this up. Uh, Disney Cinemacon <laughs> 2019 because it showed a couple couple things are going on here. Some of their since they now own Fox, what movie franchises are they going to be working with? Mm-hmm. And um, they said that they're going to continue making movies in the following franchises. Mike, you ready? Yes. Aliens. Okay. Cool. Planet of the Apes. Okay. I've heard good things. Uh, Kingsman. Okay. And Avatar. Not the okay. last Airbender. <laughs> but that last one's not really a surprise because mm-hmm. they literally own, like, one of their parks is built around Avatar. Yeah. I think Planet of the Apes surprises me the most because they just did a very 
I would say, critically successful franchise of Planet of the Apes. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch the the last film in the franchise, but you know, I heard it was good. the The motion capture, what everything Andy Serkis did with all those characters was amazing. So it's just like. What, what else are you going to do? Like, they've kind of already told, like, a lot of different angles for this franchise, so I don't really know how else you kickstart that or keep it going, but I would say if you're going to continue with the Planet of the Apes franchise, give it a rest for, like, honestly, a decade. Like, take a while till you come back to it. You know, we don't need any more right now. But Aliens is very interesting because I kind of saw almost conflicting headlines where, you know, some people were saying, you know, it's going to be like a fresh new take possibly on Aliens. And then I saw one that said they're going to continue uh, with what Prometheus laid down. And I was like, I don't want more Prometheus. I don't want any more of no. Ridley Scott's nonsense. No, Alien Covenant was kind of the last straw that broke the camel's <clears throat> back, if you will. But if they want to branch out and go forward, maybe go do that Neil Blomkamp version now. Uh, yeah. So that, go, go add some more to it. Just don't go backwards. Let's go forwards a little bit. Uh, do Alien versus Predator three? Everyone's really wanting those, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the cult classics of the other ones. Um, but I just sent you the picture of their release schedule for this year, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, guess what movie is on here, Mike? Uh, let's see here. I'm looking through here. We got Aladdin, Toy Story four, Dark Phoenix, and I think you're talking about New Mutants. New Mutants on the release schedule, and all these movies. Just looking at this real quick are theatrical release movies, Mike. These are not streaming service movies. They are not direct download movies. They are theater-planned films. Um, So I think they're going to go with New Mutants in theaters. Maybe a short run. Maybe not a lot of marketing, but I still think they're going to put it up there for us. Yeah, I mean, this is indeed a timeline we're looking at here. So... um, what what does this look like? Maybe August for New Mutants, possibly? Isn't that when it was originally slated to come out still? Uh, I think so. I need to go check SuperheroSlate.com, our release schedule page. But uh, Artemis Fowl, which is the movie right underneath it there. Isn't uh, that the Disney streaming service movie, though? I don't uh, think that one's getting a theatrical no, no, release. No, 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 that's Kenneth Branagh. It's going to theaters in, oh, okay. on August 9th. So um, that that is uh, August. So it looks like it's before August. Maybe uh, September would be wow. New Mutants. Uh, weird. I mean, I, I I was also kind of taken back by Spies in Disguise because I think I remember watching that trailer and I didn't know Disney owned it. But uh, Spies in Disguise, I just remember there was a fun song in the trailer by um, Mark Ronson, which I really liked. So I don't know if the movie's going to be any is, good, but I kind of want to see it. Is that the Will Smith one where he's a bird? Yeah, he turns uh, into a bird. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it, but it looks like it might be fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, Mike, you're crazy. Yeah, a little crazy. But, yeah, no, it's – uh, yeah, I just did a quick search. Artemis Fowl is coming up uh, in theaters, 3D and IMAX, uh, in 2019. So um, it's coming for us, man. The, the, I think I think these movies are going to hit. And like you said, it is a little bit of a timeline here. And, you know, we've got uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, no title yet. You know what this weekend is? Uh, isn't it a Star Wars, Star Wars celebration? celebration? Star Wars celebration. Star Wars celebration. So by the next podcast next week, we might be talking about a new Star Wars trailer. We're going to be talking Star Wars. We're going to be talking Star Wars regardless. I don't know if it'll be a new trailer, but we have a super fan Jim on the floor at Star Wars Celebration this weekend. So oh, rad! He is, I think, going to feed us some information. If anyone else is Ooh. going to Star Wars Celebration, I know 
Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Jason, might be up there. He's been going for years. Uh, and you hear something, see something, let us know. Uh, we, we, we would love to cover it and, and give you some credit here. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's uh, some movies in here I've never even heard of on this Disney slate. Like, Call of the Wild. and Something like Ford. It was like Ford and the Ferrari? Or the, it's Ferrari Ford and Ford. Ferrari. That's uh, um, the story about so, uh, the Henry Ford and the guy oh, who made just, Ferrari. Yeah. Oh, it's just a documentary. More Whatever. of a, like a, <laughs> yeah, like a biopic on them. Uh, I think Tom Hanks is, plays... Uh, forward in that one but of course tom hanks is on a on a on a bender of playing every historical white man there's ever been yeah so <laughs> yeah so we got some movies the, the back half of this year looks pretty rough is what i'm just saying right here from from disney and and uh previously previously fox uh back to the show notes dark phoenix is on this list as well and while mm-hmm. we're not overly excited for it they have confirmed this is the last x-men franchise film so, meaning New Mutants will not be directly tied into the X-Men movies. It'll be more of a standalone mm. film. Whereas Dark Phoenix will be the last of all those movies we can finally get rid of. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if maybe... Yeah, New Mutants is still the biggest question mark. I know we're talking about Dark Phoenix, but it just honestly puts me back on the New Mutants. Of How valuable is that cast? Because I'm just trying to think, like, what's the give and take of that film? Because I still think there's no way you can massage it to really kind of get it perfectly fit into the MCU. But maybe they just don't want to lose the cast so much so that they'll just keep the movie alive and maybe try to pivot it into a sequel that does fit into the MCU. Because you got Maisie Williams, you got the Stranger Things kid, there's some other people in there, uh, that, that actress from Split that was really good in Split. So they might yeah. just like those actors enough to keep the film alive, but uh, definitely not for Dark Phoenix, because uh, those actors, uh, sorry uh, <laughs> sorry everybody that thought they might be getting more X-Men films in, in their uh, portfolio, but that ain't happening. No, and if it is, they're not hiring you back, so... Sorry, so long. Uh, I'm I'm just not excited for Dark Phoenix. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna hate watch it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, this seems like a Saturday morning film for me. I'll get like a 10:30 a.m. showing at my theater. Just go in, get it done with. One one of those films I can casually go to the bathroom in and not have to rush back. You know. Yeah. You can really scrub get, get, your hands clean before you get back in there. Uh, motivate yourself to get to the theater because you bought like a really good snack and you just need an excuse to eat it. So oh, I'm going to buy one of those plan. pretzels that's the size of my hand I showed you last time I had there. Ooh. Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> uh, Hellboy is in trailers this week, the upcoming movie. And uh, there was a new trailer this week, a new R-rated trailer. I'm not linking it here. you got to go find it yourself. Uh, very gruesome, very gory. Actually, looks really cool and introduces the character Lobster Johnson into this film. <laughs> I didn't know uh, Lobster Johnson was a thing. I'm excited for Hellboy. I'm gonna see it this weekend. We're gonna do a spoiler cast on the show, and uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, uh, give Hellboy the money while you can, because it will not be getting any money in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a small window. You can go see it. Again, it's R-rated, so don't take your kids. Um, mm-hmm. I did like the tra- I did link the trailer in here because it was so cool. Uh, it's like a <laughs> I like how you're like, no, Papa Chris isn't going to give you this trailer, but then he sweetened up and he gave yeah, it to I you. did, I did because I got this, Mike was like, I don't know what Lobster Johnson is. Well, you're gonna because it's um, <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church is is playing him, and he was a oh, character okay. like a pulp character in the like Hellboy was like, oh, I look up to Lobster Johnson. He's a comic book character, but you find out he was like a really a guy in that that universe. So. Uh, and it's cool. It's really cool. That's that's gonna be fun. I'm excited to go check out and munch on some theater snacks while 
while watching this this absolutely brutal and movie. it's rated r so you're not going to have any of those dang brats in your theater i mean you will have some irresponsible parents that will be taking their their kid but uh at least you'll get to avoid a lot of the tinier ones when are you going to see yours mike um, I think I'm going to go see it Saturday night. My wife is having uh, some ladies over for some uh, just uh, lady times. And I was like, I don't need to be here for any of that. I'm going to go see a rated R movie about a guy from hell. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So, yeah, I haven't got my tickets yet, but uh, I don't think they're selling out nearly as bad. as. Yeah, this is not a movie I'm worried about snagging my ticket for. Yeah. All right. Let's well, coming out. Watch the trailer if you want, but don't let your kids watch it. Shazam, as we talked about at the top of the show, is in theaters right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's not really raking in the dough, sadly. Yeah, we weren't really sure if the box office numbers are complete. Obviously, it's Sunday, so all the numbers that you would see are still estimates. We won't know for sure until Monday. But just before we started recording, we started like bouncing around to other kind of almost comparable in scope superhero movies. Uh-huh. And right now, this movie for opening weekend is only at like $55 million. And the only superhero film that we could find that matched that opening weekend was uh, the Incredible Hulk, which was uh, one of the earliest MCU films that no one even remembers. Uh, even Thor: The Dark World did like what was it like eighty five million yeah. on, on opening weekend. So, I I I think we both thought you know this movie was really good. Uh, I don't know if it was if the fan screenings two weeks ago were just so successful that maybe it just kind of drained some of the enthusiasm my, early. I don't really know. Mine were mine was empty in Chicago when I was in like a main theater. Like oh. So like, you know, I no one was set to the left of me and you know a guy I knew showed up and bought tickets right beforehand. I mean, I think it's the month of April to be completely honest, just looking here at the April release dates. The biggest one is Infinity War, but that came out literally the end of it, the last like day of April. Yeah, it was supposed to be May. And there are four Fast and Furious movies in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, above this, and then Winter Soldier made the ninety-five million. Uh, so I just don't know if people aren't seeing it. Word of mouth isn't. Are they? Are they going to see Captain Marvel instead because they're confused comic book readers? Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, I kind of thought maybe the the third act kind of surprise might be enough word of mouth, you know, to get people to go to the, to the movie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this movie will have some legs, but I would just, if I was DC, I would just be very worried that Endgame is about to literally cannibalize the physical theaters that you could see Shazam in. Like if for some weird reason you wanted to see Shazam like Thursday night that Avengers comes out, which I don't know exactly who, what kind of person that is, but you couldn't even see it at my theater if you wanted to because every single uh, room is playing Endgame. So that's – I'm hoping the best for Shazam because we really liked it. It was fun. We want to see it, the sequel. So um, hopefully worldwide, you know, it does enough, you know, makes its money back. So yeah, um, it, it, it word of mouth needs to happen fast uh, yeah. because <laughs> Hellboy Hellboy's next weekend. And I think Hellboy's a more recognizable franchise and character. Uh-huh. So uh, it could eat into this a little bit. Uh, people seeing their comic book people. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to gotta go quick or it's going to be lost uh-huh. in the next couple of weeks, man. So. Poor, poor little Shazam. The movie, yeah, little there, movie that couldn't. Yeah, there's our word of mouth. Uh, go check out Shazam. Yep, we have two review episodes. You can go find those. Uh, the Joker dropped us a teaser trailer this week, and we haven't really <laughs> talked about this yet. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, honestly, I was shocked when I watched it. I just, I wasn't expecting to see a trailer that kind of 
gave me the vibe of like, I don't want to say real movie, but just like this didn't feel anything like a superhero movie in like a good way. This felt like I was watching a very uh, a very dramatic trailer for like an edgy film from like an edgy director, and it just happened to be about the Joker. I don't know. It just seemed like it, it was just hitting all the right vibes for me. This was a really great teaser trailer. I mean, really, you just see Joaquin Phoenix in in clown makeup. I mean, if the word Joker and the DC logo never popped up, you might not even assume this is about the Joker. So um, I think everybody is already kind of predicting the narrative after seeing this trailer of just kind of uh, I a can't. dude that... I literally cannot I mean, pinpoint where this movie goes. It just seems like a, a dude that's kind of already unstable, has like a really bad couple days in a row, and just kind of becomes a villain. But do we have any official word on what decade, what time this takes place? Um, no, I think no. I saw him playing with some VHS tapes. So is this like there's VHS the tapes? 90s? There's a, a Robert De Niro's a talk show host, and the talk show looks very late '80s ish. Um, now this is based on the Killing Joke book, where uh, I think it was Alan Moore, maybe Frank Miller, so whoever wrote it, um, wrote the promise premise that the Joker was essentially we're all one bad day away from becoming the Joker. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. not ba- it's not based on the direct narrative of what's in the Killing Joke, right? Because Batman, like, Batman's in that. But, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like the Joker line of it is because uh-huh. like, the talk show host and some of these characters are in it um, uh-huh. as well. But like, he's dealing with Batman's dad. Um, he, there could be a kid who could be Batman in the trailer. Like, I'm gonna be honest. This looks like uh, an Academy Award level superhero film. Yeah, it looks it looks good. I'm like yeah. I'm honestly shocked, but. At the same time, when they announced Joaquin Phoenix was going to be the Joker, I think we were both like, hell yeah, that's really good casting. Like, like he already kind of looks like the dude. It's given <laughs> me vi- – have you ever watched The Machinist with Christian Bale? Uh, I've, I mean, I've I've seen a lot about it, but I've like never watched Like, how it. skinny he got. Like, mm-hmm. the frame of Joaquin Phoenix in some of these shots looks yeah. like – like, uh, just, he looks like a sickly dude mentally and physically, yeah. and, and he's just – down was like, and then something snaps, and he becomes a Joker. And there are points in this where I, I'm, I'm very convinced it looks like Heath Ledger's version at some points, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like some people, are like, oh, it's Heath Ledger's. I'm like, it's not really. Like, how do you make the Joker come to life without making the same yeah. look across multiple people? But let's just all take a moment, and be thankful that this isn't Jared Leto's version, because that <laughs> yeah. would just be awful. Like, it would be an entirely different movie. But I am very on board with this, like, dark, dour depressing movie for some reason yeah like i it's just gonna like we were very worried uh that we don't want to see the origin of a villain because you know the mystique the mystique is you know kind of like the fun part about it but this trailer this trailer definitely sold me so i'm i'm glad that this is where it's going uh who knows where it goes from here maybe this just ends up being a logan it's just like a one-off type of deal we never see Joaquin Phoenix again as the Joker. He goes off and does some sort of crazy movie about, I don't know, like he's like a, a alcoholic writer because that seems to be like the type of movies he likes to make. Um, but this is under the worlds of DC Banner. It could end up not, I guess, not paying off into another film. So, but... and, that, and that's okay. Like if this is good, that's fine with me. Like I like I don't know. It's, I, it's one of I'm those... almost a, I'm almost afraid I'm gonna I might love it so much that like. If you if you're able to fabricate an amazing Joker on screen, the next logical step is you have him go up against Batman, 
And if we never get a chance to see that, I feel like I'm going to be kind of bummed. So which whose who's narrative do you tell that from? The Joker's point of view, then, or or yeah. Batman's point of view? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have some. You have some options there for sure. No, it would be kind of interesting. Is if the, if they're really setting up this world of DC, maybe this is a, a legitimately a fractured Earth, a different universe. Do maybe like kind of like a a little bit of like a Spider Verse angle, where maybe there's like a Coca Cola advertisement in the background, but it's not Coca Cola. You know, it's like the the one that's spelled with like a K. It's just called like Cola or whatever, but it's in that same logo. So the audience knows that this is kind of just a slightly different universe to where everybody's set up to where you can kind of tell maybe a slightly different story about like you know batman but i don't know we'll just have to see uh we'll have to see going forward i was not expecting to be seeing a teaser trailer for the joker so soon and being so positive about it yeah with quality quality. (laughs) uh the suicide squad this reboot sequel thing uh, apparently idris elba is not going to be playing deadshot but will play another character because i think they feel will smith and deadshot you know he he did kind of was one of the better parts of that movie, and rather than just mm-hmm. recast him because he, he's his schedule is conflicting, they're just going to make him a different character and, yeah. and and do that, which is fine with me. Yeah, and why not? I'm assuming there's tons of weird rogues gallery people that you can put into a squad, and James Gunn, <laughs> I think, kind of loves taking like weird random characters not a lot of people know about. So maybe he'll be able to like pluck somebody obscure, and just uh, maybe uh, uh, Idris Elba will do uh, maybe. Maybe he'll have, like, a superpower. You know, Deadshot didn't necessarily have a superpower. Maybe Idris Elba... Maybe he'll just be the same character from Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> they just carry him over into Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, he, he's also kind of like... Deadshot was kind of like the Hawkeye of that movie a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no real powers, but he was still there. He was still there. Um, but also, in that regard, the other characters confirmed in return are Harley Quinn, Rick Flagg, and Amanda Waller. As, as their characters again, so. Hmm. I wonder if it, this will be a reboot, but maybe they'll just be, like, vague references to kind of what have happened in the past, you know? In the first Suicide Squad, everybody's meeting Amanda Waller. Maybe in this reboot, all of the characters already know Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller knows of them. They've all met. Maybe they talk about previous missions, but not the details, so we don't have to get into, the, like, the into the nitty-gritty of the bad film that they made. Yeah, they could be like, oh, remember that one time? Like, we don't talk about that time. And then they move on. <laughs> so, uh, am I excited about this? Yeah, it's James Gunn, but do they have me on board yet? Not really. Not not like some of the other movies in there. So. Yeah, I uh, I I I feel like I haven't quite learned my lesson of uh, just being so hardcore into a director, and then I get let down because that's happened to me before in the past. Every, every new movie is a whole a whole new different beast. So I hope the movie's good. Yeah, I hope so. Mike, we're going to step into your favorite, the anime corner Ooh, here. I almost thought this wasn't in the show notes, but then I like panically scrolled down earlier in the show and I saw it was there and then I was happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got you. I got you, Mike. <laughs> Don't you worry. So first and foremost, this is where you're going to talk to me a little bit about the, the live action version of Cowboy Bebop, an anime they're turning into a live action show on Netflix, I believe. Yes, on Netflix. And uh, uh, actor John Cho, he went to White Castle once uh, <laughs> with Kumar. Uh, no, um, he will be playing the character Spike, 
which I believe is the main yep. character. S- Spike Spiegel, the main character in Cowboy Bebop. And uh, when the casting was announced, uh, I think a lot of people were very happy that the role wasn't being whitewashed, which kind of happens with uh, westernized versions of anime. So that's great. At first, I was kind of thrown off because, you know, a lot of people uh, think of John Cho from um, from Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Some people also might think of him from like a political point of from a political point because he dove really deeply into politics after kind of uh, his uh, success as an actor. Then he kind of has come back recently. He did a really successful movie called Searching where the whole movie takes place on like a computer screen where he's trying to find a missing person and he's and you just see like Skype windows and like FaceTime windows. Apparently it's really good. I haven't seen it. But I totally forgot that he has been in an action movie. He was in Star Trek. He has yeah. been on spaceships and stuff, swinging swords around and fighting, doing like kung fu and stuff like that. So like, hey, I think actually this will really work. So totally down for this. But I was also very happy to see that uh, they cast uh, a buddy, his his kind of cohort in the film, another bounty hunter, uh, Jet Black, as uh, I don't know if I can pronounce his name quite right, but he was uh, he was the Jamaican in season two of Luke Cage. Uh, and I actually really Mustafa uh, Shakir, I, yeah, yeah. He, he I was uh, what was his name? Uh oh, God! Why can't I remember? Bushmaster, Bushmaster. That's, that's right. I was trying to channel the the, the, the accent yeah, of it to get to the name. That's how I'll remember it because you're like I'll always say it in that accent yeah, now. The so. Bushmaster, but he was he was great in Luke Cage season two. I loved the character. I loved his acting. Uh, so I'm really happy to see him. Uh, it'll be interesting because I don't really know what his normal accent is. I, I would assume maybe he's not Jamaican, or if he is, maybe he can pull off like, a, a non-accent. But uh, um, Jet Black in the show doesn't have any sort of like Cajun or Jamaican accent or anything like that. Um, and uh, this other this other woman, I'm not too sure who she is, but she's been in a franchise. I don't know what it is, or she's been in something, but she's playing the character Faye Valentine, Daniela. She, she, she was in Pen- the last Jurassic Penita? World Fallen Kingdom movie. Oh yeah, that's right. She was the kind of the vet tech, wasn't she, with the glasses yeah. that had uh, that had never seen a dinosaur, but apparently was an expert in them. Uh, so that was kind of bizarre. So she's coming over from a big franchise. Um, and then Alex Hassel, who I've never heard of before, is basically paying the villain known as Vicious. So this is actually really solid casting, even though I don't know who this last guy is. But he kind of looks menacing. I wouldn't expect that kind of casting for the, the character of Vicious. But I think when you do a live-action version of an anime, your best route to success is kind of tell an original story with the same with a familiar character. So and they might be taking a different uh, a different uh, avenue for Vicious, but this is good news. This is very good news. I haven't seen anybody complain about it, and uh, uh, I believe you can go watch an uh, an English dub or even subs of Cowboy Bebop on Hulu right now. And I would I think people still recommend English dubs for Cowboy Bebop. It's one of the few animes that just really knocked it out of the park. Uh, doing the English version of it. The music in it is amazing. Um, uh, it's being written by um, uh, Christopher Yost, who wrote uh, on the Thor films. And I think he did something else superhero-related, too, that I can't quite remember. He did. So. He wrote, I think he wrote Max Steel, but he wrote a lot of comic books. So um, mm-hmm. the, not Superior Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider. Actually, I met him, I had an interview with him from uh, Detroit one time. He signed my Thor the Dark World prelude book. 
Nice. So, yeah. So uh, this is very good news, very exciting, very much looking forward to this. Uh, the best thing I can say is go watch Cowboy Bebop on uh, Hulu. It'll ruin every other anime for you because it's 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 a master of its craft. It's a it's a, an amazing piece of a uh, piece of television, and hopefully the live action does it justice. There you go. And lastly, have you seen the movie Akira? It's actually been a really long time. I've been wanting to rewatch it, but uh, it's not streaming anywhere. It's actually not very easy, easy, easy to purchase. I think it's kind of hard to track down on iTunes too. Like, I think it might technically be listed under television for some reason, or I couldn't find it under the movies category. I don't know where it lives, but I do need to rewatch Akira. Mm-hmm. So the Akira movie, everyone knows it because it has the guy on the red motorcycle on the cover. If you've ever seen mm-hmm. like a list of animes, you should watch. Um, and Taika Waititi's uh, live-action adaptation is moving forward at Warner Brothers. Ooh. I don't know how I feel about this, Chris. Why? why? This, uh, have you seen Akira? No, uh, God, it's been a minute, too. Uh, I mean, it's this. I feel like we're in danger of possibly going down the Ghost in the Shell route again. Where Ghost in the Shell was such an influential anime, Akira is kind of the same way. I almost feel like even if Taika Waititi really pulls off the story it's gonna feel like a story we've all seen before you know um, stranger things almost <laughs> takes a lot of components from akira you know probably you know in a loving way i'm sure it's not just uh, malicious but i feel like unless they really try to tell a unique take on akira it's just gonna it's just gonna seem bland it's just gonna seem like yeah we've seen all this already it's kind of the downside of being a trendsetter you know back in the day is if you try to remake it or adapt it to live action in a faithful way you're just telling the same kind of old story again so we can obviously trust taika's direction because he's amazing we love everything that he's done so um it would be kind of weird because he has a very humorous sensibility and from what i can remember akira is not funny in any way it's very dramatic lots of cronenberg-esque flesh monsters and the struggle between friends and uh, evil corporations and it's kind of it's very much alita battle angel but with like telekinesis rather than robot people (laughs) yeah maybe you can look at it that way so i don't know how this gets adapted uh but you know if my wish is to tell it from a different take maybe taika watiti is the right person but yeah i just don't go the ghost in the shell route Please don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's doing it. It's doing. I don't think. I don't think anyone's going to after the dumpster fire that kind of was, though. I think mm-hmm. that's like here's the bar we we don't ever want to hit again. Uh, kind of deal. Some some other well known director was attached to uh, Akira for a, a brief amount of time, and then that fell through, and that director ended up making a film that everybody really really liked. I wish I could remember the specifics, but I do remember somebody on Twitter going out of their way to say, I'm so glad that all of their time wasn't um, taken up with Akira because we got this instead. So, um, Taika, I'm crossing my fingers that this isn't taking you away from something possibly even better. Yeah, so. well, he's overseeing the production, so maybe maybe he's not the director directly, um, but Leonardo this could be DiCaprio one of, is a producer as well. Oh, uh, Yeah, this could be one of those weird things where you just get a high-level director to executive produce it, kind of like with, um, with Alita. James Cameron was an EP. He wasn't actually the director, so... Maybe that's what they're doing here. That's still weird. Like, Taika Waititi, this is just not in his brand. I don't understand this move, really. But uh, I don't know. 
he's a cool guy. So well, if he's got I he's hope- got enough pull lately, maybe he could be like I want to do this right. You know, like watch what yeah. I did with Thor. Let yeah, me maybe do he wants. Right. Maybe he wants to prove that he can kind of do something out of his type. I mean, I still haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, so maybe there is uh, maybe there's some gems in there that point to uh, Akira success. But uh, write in and let us know what you think. If you have seen Akira a lot more recently than we have, I think literally it could be 20 years since I've seen Akira. It's been a long time. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Big in the 90s. Big in the 90s. Well, that's the show for this week, Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. People want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. I've been drawing a lot more lately, so check me out on social media to see my illustrations. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, maybe get into a nitty-gritty conversations about this uh, Avengers Endgame trailer that I'm not going to watch, where, they, where can they reach you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. You can also head over to Comic UI and uh, go from there. If uh, people want to know more about our show, maybe tune in for next week's Hellboy review episode. Where can they find all our episodes and shows at? Yes, yes, yes. Please visit SuperHeroSlate.com to find all the avenues that we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you do want to see that brutally rated R Hellboy trailer, we got the link in our notes. We got the link to the Joker trailer. We also got a really awesome page on our website where you can see all of the releases coming out for the movies. Uh, uh, summer's gearing up. You got to know when these films are coming out. So visit SuperHeroSlate.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperHeroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, reach out to us in the YouTube comments. Uh, uh, we, we, we love hearing from you, and mm-hmm. we love our fans. Uh, uh, review us on iTunes. I don't think I've asked that in a while. Uh, uh, reviews help the algorithm and help us get in front of new, fresh ears. Um, but the best way to do that is just to become a super fan by sharing the friend with a buddy. Share the show with a friend, and we will be here next week twice. We're going to be talking about Hellboy and probably talking about Star Wars news. Yeah. The news. You gotta share those friends with your buddies, guys. That's what Mike. Did. <laughs> is that is that what I said? That you said the first time. But uh, I still uh, want to. I got I got eighty milligrams of caffeine in me, Chris. I'm I'm all over the place. Yeah, it's dinner time here myself. I feel you. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch you guys twice next week and send in your Hellboy reviews if you see it early. And we'll see you yeah. then. Go see Shazam. <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Why eat water when you can drink it? Yeah, I know, right?